What's up, my beautiful humans? My name is Caitlin, and welcome to the Outdoor Fit Podcast. I combine my love of the outdoors and my background in nutrition and fitness coaching to bring you information that will keep you well-fed, strong, and kicking ass in the mountains. Lace up your boots and grab some snacks. Let's get into it. so much for continuing continuing to listen over the past couple weeks and I've been getting a lot of great feedback and I just can't thank you enough. So today we are going to kind of just jump right into it. Nothing new to report, nothing big is happening. Um, going out of town for when we were young, festival, I guess, day, day of fest. Um, I'm going down with my business coach and my friend Alina and our other friend Jess and just getting out of town for a little bit, and I'm super excited about it. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Well, maybe it could tie in a little bit. Um, But we're going to talk about bonking, and it truly sucks, and how to fix it, how to prevent it, and if you have not taken the proper precautions to stop it, how to handle it when it is happening to you. So, First things first, bonking sucks. So what is it though? So bonking, and usually I always kind of thought that this was something that my parents always used to say until I became an adult and it's like, oh, this is actually a word that everyone uses, usually in the outdoor world. But so what is bonking? I usually use it as another word for low blood sugar, dehydrated, um, you know, when you get too hot, too cold, and you start to feel really irritable on trail, while you're skiing, while you're hiking, while you're biking, and you just start to get like, you could also call it hangry, but it's a little bit deeper than that. I get really snippy when I start to bonk, or I start to get really spacey and just to not feel like I am safe anymore. So it's when you're getting, you know, super hungry, super thirsty, and you almost become disoriented. And so that sounds terrible, right? None of us ever want to experience it. And so this episode is going to be a little bit more on the educational side and how to, it's more of the how to, how to prevent it, what to do. So let's just get right into it. So when I think of bonking, I think of long miles or long days. So it doesn't really tend to happen you know, if you're just going skiing for a couple laps before work, it doesn't really happen then. Um, if you're going on like a three mile run, it doesn't really happen. Um, it's in those longer days. So if you're going backcountry skiing and you have a really long hike in, that's when it's going to happen. Um, bike rides that are usually over 20 miles and have some kind of steep pitch to them, usually not like casual road bike rides or anything like that. Or hikes that are pretty much over, I would say, in that 10 plus mile range. Um, I have had it happen, but as we get into it, we'll start to talk about temperature and how that can affect this as well. So usually you're on a longer type of adventure, something that is 10 miles plus and going to take a lot of your energy stores. So ideally, you know, you are eating enough on an everyday basis to sustain your daily life. And this activity is much greater than your everyday activity. So in the days before, you want to make sure that you're, one, eating enough to sustain your day-to-day life, but also 
making sure that at that point you are feeling okay. So are you sleeping well? Are you, you know, you're not super thirsty to where you're thinking about it. You're still just taking drinks just because you're in that habit now. And, you know, you're getting, you're taking into account how hydrated you are, how hungry you are. And the day before, focusing on meals that maybe are a little bit more carb heavy. Um, I use, it's not quite carbo loading, but it's just making sure that you're having enough starchy carbs to sustain your body and your being. And then also just a little bit more salt because you know you're going to be sweating no matter the season. Doesn't matter if it's cold, doesn't matter if it's hot, we are going to sweat no matter what because that's what our bodies do. So day before, you know, breakfast can be normal. Lunch, I start loading, like, I start having a little bit more fruit. Um, I start having some more rice, maybe two pieces, like two full sandwiches instead of one. Um, I've been making these like chicken breasts with cheese and hamburger buns because I just have a bunch of excess hamburger buns at my house. And so I've been making those. And so on a day where I, before I knew that I was going to be doing something big, I would have two of those instead of one. Um, you don't change anything just like preparing for anything else. You don't change what you eat. You just add a little bit more. So two buns instead of one, maybe a half more serving of rice or potatoes, a um, little bit more. Like I usually have Swedish fish because that's my favorite thing. Um, in my workouts or before I go anywhere, um, maybe I have a couple more of those. Like it doesn't have to be anything that we deem quote unquote healthy because as I go into later episodes, you'll realize that I fucking hate those words. Um, there, there's a time and place for them, but usually we're using them wrong. So more into the day before, you know, more water, more electrolytes. Um, I have a post coming out today on Wednesday. Um, about electrolytes, how and when to use them. So if you need a reference to that, please go look on my Instagram. It goes into a little bit more in depth and then what I recommend. And I can also put those in the show notes. Um, Scratch Labs and L- I, it's Element, L-M-N-T, are my favorite. Um, Scratch Labs are a little less salty. And so for me, I am big on flavors also leading to more of a placebo effect in my brain. Um, they do actually help. I'm not discrediting it, but for me, I want to be tasting what I'm eating. So if you have a bunch of electrolytes that don't taste like anything in my brain, it's saying like, oh, that doesn't work. When in reality it will work, it will help. But that's just my own personal preference. I like how salty element packets are. Um, some people find them a little too much. Um, and for that, I just say add more water they're fine. They're great. I like them a lot. Not sponsored or anything. So just go buy them. They're good. So that's pretty much all in the day before. Nothing too massive, just a little bit more food, a little bit more water and more electrolytes. Then in that morning before, you know, it's maybe a little bit more. So while you're driving to the trailhead, while you're at like at home having breakfast, depending on where you live, um, usually my drives are an hour-ish away from where I'm going to adventure, depending on the place. And so I have time to eat in the car. And there's something about, I might just be weird on this, but there's something about eating in the car on the way to 
it's usually in the winter, but kind of we're getting into that fall period too. But there's something about eating in the car in the winter and fall that just makes me happy when I'm about to go do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it reminds me of, but there's, I just like it. Something about being cozy and warm and then out to adventure on a crisp morning is just like my ideal thing. So morning before, you know, if you're not used to having bagels, I usually make bagel sandwiches. Something with like my perfect things like turkey bacon or real bacon, cheese, egg with the yolk, and a bagel. That way you're getting a lot of carbs, actually quite a bit of fat too with the cheese, egg yolk, and if you use real bacon. And then you also get protein from all of those as well. And so you have a really nice balanced breakfast. And if you're driving, it does stay together really well in tinfoil. Um, and those are some of my, that's like my favorite pre-adventure meal is that. Other things you can also do oatmeal, breakfast sandwiches. In my oatmeals, I usually add a scoop of protein powder and some coconut oil to make them a balanced meal, not just so they are all carbs. Those come later. So as you're getting into these adventures, you want to make sure that you are kind of up, you're keeping up with how much you're burning. And so you take into account what you usually burn in a day. And you can do this calorie-wise or you can do it by feel. It's totally up to you. And it, you don't have to track macros or do anything crazy to do this. So what I usually do when I'm not tracking and not paying attention to or sorry, not tracking, but I am still paying attention to what I'm eating, I will look at food labels and just kind of see calories because I know that I'm burning over 200 calories an hour, depending on all of the things I've talked about in previous episodes of elevation and um, not only of where I am, but the elevation gained in, oh my god, the bird just flew up my window while I was recording. <laughs> um, but taking into account where where I am, the elevation of the place I am, the elevation of where I am starting from to finishing, um, the weight of my pack, the weight of my skis if I have them, the weight of everything on me, I'm taking all that into account. And I can also post that um, Outside Magazine has a great calorie counter. If that's something that you're interested in, I'll put it in the show notes below. But all of these things I'm thinking of while I'm hiking. So I know that I need about 200 calories per hour, give or take a little bit, depending on what I'm doing. So that's just looking on the back of the food label, seeing 200 calories and eating it. If you want to be that simple about it, I usually opt for something that's a little bit higher in carb and protein. Um, You know, something... Bars are typically in the realm of 9 grams of protein, 20 to 30 grams of carbs, and then about 10 to 12 fats. So somewhere in that range is great. So I usually have a couple bars depending on how long I'm out there, um, about one every hour or so. And that just keeps me on top of everything. And then I will keep those element packets or scratch lab packets in my pack with me and I'll have water or a thing to filter water so I can always grab it, but I keep those with me and 
you know, when I am out in the backcountry, I am not really worried about what I am. Nothing's going to be too much. And so you're not really going to have too many of those element packets. I do suggest like one at a time, not two in a water bottle. That would be a little too excessive, but like you have your Nalgene and throw one in there and continue to drink that and then have another one in the, once you finish it, totally fine. Um, nothing bad's going to happen. So now we're going into, you're out there, you're being well fed. If you're doing everything right, nothing should happen. You should feel great all the time. Maybe you get a little bit hangry. Then I would just eat a little bit sooner. Um, but one of, we have a couple of factors that will make these effects of bonking come on faster than normal. And so that's usually temperature is a big one. And so here we have to worry about being too cold. And when it's too cold, you don't feel like drinking much and you don't feel like eating as much because you're cold. And so usually in hot temperatures, you think like, oh, I have to drink a lot of water. I have to stay hydrated. In the winter, I usually get a little bit dehydrated all the time just because like cold water doesn't sound good to me. And actually on my Avi One course, one of the guides that is one of my friends, she was telling me that she really can't drink cold water anymore. She drinks pretty much everything at lukewarm or a little bit of warm water because of this. And so to stay hydrated in the winter time, because she's a guide pretty much year round and she doesn't drink cold water anymore because of this. And so you have little tips and tricks like that to help keep you hydrated, you know, putting tea in your bag, if it's cold, making things sound more enticing. And so, if it is hot, make things colder. If it is cold, make things a little warmer. But temperature is going to be a thing that'll kind of exacerbate everything and make those effects of bonking worse as time goes on, just because we are not used to kind of having to regulate that at a normal everyday, day-to-day -day life. Um, if it's too hot, we start sweating a lot, therefore we need more water. If it's too cold, we actually start shivering which burns more calories. And so you need to eat more if it is cold than pretty much when it's hot. Usually when it's hot, I feel like, you know, you get a pretty good grasp. And again, I live in Montana, so we don't get super hot temperatures. We get like 95 and that's like dying for me. Um, for people who actually live in warm places, you know, you don't feel like eating much in the summertime because it is hot. So on those things, finding snacks or meals or anything that sounds good when it's really hot, because anything that is enticing, you will actually want to ingest it and it'll create a better time for you. So now what to do if it's too late. So if you are out in the backcountry, you've eaten all your snacks, you still have five to 10 miles left to go. And all of a sudden you missed up on the trail, you twist your ankle and you just start kind of feeling really spacey. What do you do? Well, hopefully you're not alone. If you are, we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Um, usually I don't take those trips alone alone. Um, or if I do, I take them around where I know people will be at some point. Um, so 
what to do if it's too late? Usually. So if it's too hot, I take a break. I find shade, I cool off, and I start to like, you know, pour water on my shirt to cool down my body. You want my core temperature to go down. You want to find water if you can. Um, one thing that's really important to keep in mind is if you are in dire needs, you will drink all your water at one time because you need to stay hydrated fully. We think about, you know, sparing our resources. We don't want to extend our water. We don't want to be in a constant state of dehydration. We want to finish our water. If, you know, you have half an algae left, like don't try to make it last an entire day. Drink it as you need. But on the opposite side, make your food last longer. You can last so much more time being hungry than you can being dehydrated. So keep that in mind when you're out there. But if you're too hot, taking a break, making sure that you are getting your core body temperature down and just taking a second to stop. Hopefully someone else passing by will have either water or food. You can always ask. I would never say no to someone on the trail if they were in dire need. And you can also see it on their face. Um, if it's too cold, kind of the same thing, except you don't really want to stop moving. And that's the problem. But if you're too hungry, too cold, or too thirsty when it's cold out, you know, it never hurts if you're going out into the middle of somewhere. If you bring something to melt water. So you can bring a jet boil or something that's pretty compact and you can always stuff other things down into it. But if you're going backcountry skiing, there's limitless amounts of water around you. You just have to boil it and clean it. So I would carry like a pretty small like jet boil with me if I knew that I was going for miles and miles and miles and without a snowmobile to get me there. But that's the same thing. You're stopping. You might be walking or marching in place. I would stop moving and getting myself farther out there. Um, if anything, I might turn around and ski back um, if I know that like I really fucked up and I need food now. Um, usually you're able to ski back a lot faster than you are to ski out because usually most everything out is slightly uphill. But it just depends on where you are. And really a good rule of thumb to follow is just get out of there. You know, have your friends help you. Um, ask people that you're around to help you with water, food, clothing, whatever. But hopefully you don't have to do that. Hopefully you are taking the steps to be really well prepared, even though, quote unquote, nothing has ever happened to you. Shit happens to everyone at some point in time. But if you are prepared, nothing should ever happen. Because even if it does and you get stuck somewhere or something bad happens, even if it doesn't happen to you, you then have the resources to help save someone else. So hopefully that was pretty helpful. If you have any other questions about this, please message me on Instagram. I always like digging a little deeper into these, but bonking truly sucks, especially if you're in a group of people. So you never want to do that to yourself, let alone the people who are around you. Why not just stay well fed and hydrated? It is much nicer to carry a little bit more and really need it than try to go ultralight and end up screwing yourself over 
when you are so far away because search and rescue doesn't like they exist for a reason but they don't need to be used so as always if you have any questions please let me know thank you so much for listening to this episode and i will see you next time Thank you so much for listening. If you like the episode, please subscribe, follow, and share with all of your hiking buddies. And until next time, don't forget to pack your snacks. Thanks, guys.